Hello, and welcome to the Get the Acceptance Letter podcast. My name is Treasure Shields Redmond, and I'm known as the debt-free degree expert. I help busy parents of college-bound teens secure top-tier education without massive debt. I do that at the Get the Acceptance Letter Parent Academy, an online community where I've taught them the skills to do what I did, which was get my son $164,000 in scholarships, as well as my private clients up to a million dollars in scholarships. Today, we talk to Isabel Gonzalez, graduate school student and former college-bound teen. She's from around my area in the Midwest. She went to a medium-sized high school. She had good grades and good test scores, but not extraordinary. What she did have was a supportive family and good writing skills. She shares with us how she got into college, got through, and now is pursuing her dreams at an even higher level. The reason I was interested in talking with you, Isabel, is because you are a wonderkind and (laughs) and you are, you know, so many of my, my busy mom's dream, this, you know, wonderful child who goes straight from high school, straight from college, straight to graduate school, Mm -hmm. no pauses, no stops. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that was not my journey, but Mm -hmm. I am very interested in your journey. Yeah. So let's start at high school. Um, my, what I, what I focus on are four services. One Mm -hmm. I call college matchmaking. One I call strategic admissions plan. Um, there is the financial aid piece or the debt-free degree piece, uh, and writing college entrance essays. Mm -hmm. So let us go into, um, what you were telling me in another conversation about your college matchmaking. So had you visited many campuses before you started applying? So before I started, um, I, during my, my college kind of search, I really didn't know what I wanted to do at first. So I visited a bunch of types of colleges. I visited um, some just general Four-year colleges, I've been, visited a few art schools because that was something I considered. Mm-hmm. Um, and when visiting colleges, that definitely kind of solidified what I wanted in a university. I wanted to have a lot of choice in what I could do. Um, so I ended up deciding, in addition to the fact that art school was not something that I could or my family could afford. I like the idea of what if I don't want to do art for a degree? I ended up not wanting to do art um, in my undergrad. Mm. Well, I just found that um, visiting colleges really helped understand the programs that they offered and understand kind of the environment, not just physical environment, but academically what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So you visited a couple of colleges Mm -hmm. and you were also kind of deciding whether or not you wanted to do art. Mm -hmm. Was there another major you were considering? Yeah, I was considering uh, political science, which is what I ended up going with. Okay. And are you saying that the deciding factor was the cost of art schools? 
Yeah, part of it, a big part of it was the cost of art schools um, in deciding what I wanted to do. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. All right. And then, so then you went into the application process. Mm -hmm. So you've narrowed it down to the schools that you like. What's, what's one thing you use to eliminate a school other than cost? Um, so distance definitely was another thing or, um, area because while I was willing to go to schools on the East coast because I had lived on the East coast prior, Mm -hmm. um, schools on the West coast, I was significantly less willing to apply to just because I wasn't used to the area. Um, there were also schools that for example, didn't have certain majors, certain programs that I was interested in, Mm -hmm. um, so when I went into my application process, initially I wanted to do political science with a focus on Eastern Europe, Russia, mm-hmm. uh, and some schools would specialize in political science, but they wouldn't have, say, side programs on Eastern Europe, Russia, but they would rather have programs on different regions. So mm-hmm. it all depends really on if you know what you want to do, um, if there are things that cater to what you really want to do. Okay. And what about the physical environment of the college? Did you know tiny schools or huge schools? What, what, what were your preferences with the physical environment? I did prefer larger schools, but as I have experienced here being in graduate school, being at a larger college and mm-hmm. after going to SIUE, For my undergrad, being at a slightly smaller college, I do prefer the one-on-one sort of environment um, Mm -hmm. of teaching, although I wouldn't really have had that experience going into the application process. Um, I think that when considering physical environments of schools, not only is it what sort of community are you situated in, will I have the opportunity to get out of the campus environment or will I have the opportunity to even commute? Um, Mm -hmm. Because there is that sort of, as much as on-campus life is important, there is something that's very freeing about being able to get off campus whenever you would like, um, especially Mm -hmm. if you don't have a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those are some important considerations in addition to what do the, how are the classes structured? Um, And that's something that I would say is very important in the decision process beforehand, because you don't want to go to a school that's a school of 50,000 people and then end up saying, this is too much when you already have all that experience under your belt and you're having to start over at another school. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what is making it get so dark. Yeah. I just noticed. There we go. Okay. I guess lean over a little bit. Maybe that's what it is. We lean in. Um, you know what? You touched on something really important because you know what? These uh, kids are not going to be in, in class 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's definitely something to look at. You know, where can you go to a movie? Where can you get your hair cut? Um, what other cultural experiences are offered off of campus? Um, mm-hmm. How easy is it for parents to even find a hotel when they 
come <laughs> to visit you, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and public transportation there in the city, um, the safety of the surrounding area, all of those things. Yeah, that definitely matters. Yeah. So you um, you applied to several schools. Mm-hmm. And did you receive help in the application process? I received a um, so in writing the application essays and walking through what the common application was supposed mm-hmm. to look like, we, in my, um, I think it was AP English class, we walked mm-hmm. through the common application together. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as individual portions, like here is what, um, here are what the letter of de- recommendations should look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it was you have a general template as to what it's supposed to look like, a general template as to how you're supposed to ask for these. But the onus was a lot on the individual to say to teachers or say to people who they'd worked with, I need this letter of recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, and finishing the application was really kind of on me. And that's part of why, um, I think that being motivated in applications and submitting them early mm-hmm. is something that's not really touched upon a lot, um, especially like in class. Um, I remember it was just get it done. But I think if I had submitted my application to some of the bigger schools early, I would have gotten a better chance of getting in mm. just because a lot of my applications I did last minute and so I got waitlisted for a lot of the schools that I really wanted to go to um, just because they said, your application, we don't have enough space to admit you right now. Mm. You know, you have really um, touched on another important part, which is deadlines. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with financial aid. Um, mm-hmm. There's a pot and the people who get in earliest get a part of the pot and the later you get in the, you know, less money there is, uh, to go around to everyone who's applying. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the same way at the schools. Um, you know, the early bird gets the worm, as you say. And I think it's also interesting on one hand, because you were in AP classes, um, teachers took a moment to go over the common app, but Mm -hmm. I am constantly meeting parents whose kids aren't receiving that kind of (laughs) hands-on mention of college access work. And they're at independent schools and at at charter schools. Uh, You were at a a fairly big uh, urban, I mean, uh, suburban high school. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a good thing. But like you said, they could have come to you senior year with, you know, a little checklist deadline and said, we want to get this in by November which is the Mm -hmm. optimal time to be getting it in. Mm -hmm. Um, So what about financial aid? Did you receive any help with financial aid? So the financial aid, uh, my situation was a little bit unique because since my mom is employed by the university in a a kind of distant way, um, Mm -hmm. I have a little... When you say the university, you mean Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville, which is where you wound up attending. Yes. Yes. So it's a little bit unique because um, I got a little bit extra help because my mom did 
was employed um, by SAUE. I did end up having to take out a few loans. Um, many of them were subsidized, but a few of them were unsubsidized. Um, and a lot of the financial aid help came after the application process. And a lot of it could have been explained a little bit better, I feel, um, because most of it was when I got accepted to SIUE when I was going to the orientation sort of programs. This is what FAFSA is. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what you have to submit for if you want to take one of these loans out. Um, and you do have to submit your FAFSA. I lean think. in, lean in, you're getting dark. Let me see if I can. Let's no. 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on. Um, but <laughs> I uh we d- I think you do have to submit the common application when you're in your senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there was a little again with the sort of um in a similar fashion to the basic this is the steps you need to take for the common application. We had that in my English, but it wasn't very in-depth. It was just, this is what you need to do. It wasn't telling us, here's what a subsidized loan means. Here's what an unsubsidized loan means. Mm -hmm. This is your, I'm trying to figure out a way to, there we go. This is kind of the implication of if you're going to a school that's $50,000 a year, you're going to be taking out, this amount of loans and this school is going to be a little bit more lenient with your scholarship versus another school. So they didn't really tell us that much. They just told us this is how you submit the FAFSA. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in my debt-free degree um, online course, we talk about the FAFSA, FAFSA rather, And then we talk about institutional funds, foundation funds, funds associated with the state, and then national funds. Mm -hmm. So when you filled out the uh, FAFSA, you work, did you receive any funds? Because I know you have two parents who work Mm -hmm. and most of my clients are in the same boat where they're not receiving very much, (laughs) but did you receive anything? I received a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that I did get a scholar, a writing scholarship, um, a very small writing scholarship, but um, it was, it wasn't a whole lot of scholarship, um, but it was decent. Okay. Okay. So FAFSA gave you a little money and then there was some tuition forgiveness because of your mother's mm-hmm. uh, connection to the school. Mm-hmm. And then there was the writing scholarship mm-hmm. and then the, the gap of what was left, was it $8,000 or less? Uh, it was less. Less. And you took less. out that amount for four years. Yes. Okay. So did the, did the writing scholarship repeat for four years? Re- no. No. It was just for the first year. So you actually <laughs> owed a little more the next three years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then, I, I think tuition went up as well. Oh yes, Just, there's always oh. that. Yep. <laughs> That's something to consider. Yes, that is definitely something to consider. So, 
you've already said that you were helped, you know, writing your college entrance essay. You were, FAFSA was mentioned, uh, Mm -hmm. and you were awarded the writing scholarship. Mm -hmm. Did you apply for the writing scholarship after you were admitted? How did that happen? It was before I was admitted. Um, It was a, I think it was, there was a call in the high school English department for it. Mm. And was it a national scholarship or something specific to SIUE? It was an SIUE specific scholarship. Um, It wasn't, I think it wasn't for if you were going to SIUE specifically, but I do know that um, it was for high school seniors. Okay. And okay. Okay. And so you wrote and were awarded the scholarship. And what about any other scholarship searches? Did you focus on that at all or? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I didn't get many, um, I didn't get many accepted scholarships, Mm -hmm. but I did spend a lot of that summer working on turning in scholarships for different sort of offers just to kind of minimize the amount of loans I was going to take out. Okay. Okay. But you wound up only getting the writing scholarship, correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So now let's go into the tip portion Mm -hmm. um, because now, you know, your undergraduate, I keep on trying to move around too. Like I'm wondering, Mm -hmm. is it me or is it you? I don't know who it is, but, um, your <laughs> your undergraduate career is behind you mm-hmm. and you went on to get a master's at SIUE and now you're in a PhD program. Woo! I'm she's actually going to be Dr. Isabel <laughs> Gonzalez. And um, so what I would like to go into now is the tip portion. So we're going to do the tip portion in four areas. Mm-hmm. The first one is college matchmaking. If you had one thing to tell these parents of these college bound kids, what would you say? Um, apply to many schools mm-hmm. um, and visit as many different types of schools as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if in the area, it's not a school you're personally wanting to go to. If it's an art school and you want, and you're considering art school, visit that art school. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a big university versus a little university, just see what feels right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tip number one, visit as many schools as you can. Apply to as many schools as you can. And now with the Common App, you can do all that for free if they're mm-hmm. on the Common App. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also get fee waivers if you, uh, if you qualify. But most of my clients are interested in, you know, uh, other types of workarounds because they don't qualify. (laughs) Um, All right. The next section is strategic uh, admissions plan. That's where you look at all of the uh, requirements Mm -hmm. and you turn them into one list of things you need to do. So imagine you're this parent looking at all these different schools What's one tip you would give them in order to kind of help them expedite the college admissions process? Um, so is this, this is beyond choosing the schools. Yeah. You now they're have, applying. 
Okay. So, um, <laughs> to make it quick, um, I definitely start early. Mm. Start as early as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, and be sure to get everything that you need, especially for the comment application, all of the different categories. So the letters of recommendation, the transcripts, all of those things. Mm. And, if you, mm-hmm. and if you can double dip as far as the essays go. Mm-hmm. I would suggest double dipping so that you're not spending weeks on writing essays for different colleges, especially if you are working on applying to multiple colleges. Mm-hmm. There is, there is um, something good about personalizing each essay for each college and really saying why you want to um, go to this school versus another school. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't a bulk of your time applying, writing new essays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, what you just said was gold. Starting early, assembling all the documents, you know what I'm saying? This is definitely my process, assembling all the documents. Nowadays, the high schools have these clearinghouse, you know, websites. There's one called Parchment. There's one that begins with a V. There used to be an e-portfolio one where they encourage the kids to um, upload their recommendation letters and their college entrance essays if, if it's not on the common app. And that's mm-hmm. also where the school will send out their transcripts. But yeah, mm-hmm. assembling all those documents in one place, even outside of that online system, I think is good. Doing it early and the double dipping, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. If you can write one great essay that answers the question at four colleges, I say go for it. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So the next one is the um, debt-free degree class, which is all about financial aid. What's one um, tip you would give these parents regarding financial aid? So definitely read up on the FAFSA, read up on everything that you might be qualified for, even if it sounds like a long shot. Mm-hmm read up on early um because usually you don't offer until you're like at um your orientation and at that point you already accepted you're already there mm-hmm. it might come as a shock considering <laughs> all the, considering what tuition is yes yes i call that magical thinking Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you experienced this in undergrad, but I definitely experienced it where I had students who their parents were just glad they gotten into school. And they were glad they gotten into school. Maybe they didn't have a lot of experience and they were engaging in some magical thinking about the cost. Mm-hmm. So the family kind of gritted their teeth and pulled some hat tricks mm-hmm. to get them through that first year. Mm-hmm. But the second year they had to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I never saw them the second year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're definitely right. Let's walk in with our eyes open. Let's go to the college website, uh, Google the word C-O-S-T, cost. <laughs> and that will break it down for you. And you know, it's a federal law that that's transparent on the college's website. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely don't engage in the magical thinking. All right. And then the last one, which you already kind of touched on, is the college entrance essay or the scholarship application essay, Mm -hmm. because 
the lucrative scholarships are required essays and competitive schools require, require essays. So what's a tip you would give for writing a strong college entrance essay? So other than being sure to double dip, um, being sure to kind of be as efficient with your time as possible, mm-hmm. I would say kind of find your voice when you're writing. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit difficult, especially um, if you haven't had a lot of experience writing to find your voice. But mm. as somebody who's TAing, um, when I'm reading through hundreds of essays, essays with a voice really stick out to me. So kind of find your voice, find um, what your, find um, what your strengths are in writing and utilize that because even if it is a prompt that's not very fun or not very sexy, it's like, if you have a unique voice and if you have a strong voice in writing, even if it might not necessarily be the longest or the quote unquote best essay, it's going to stick out. And you're going to have a lot better of an opportunity to be in the running for that. And that's kind of, that's how I feel the, um, the writing scholarship went for me. Mm, mm. Well, it's impressive that you got the scholarship. It lets me know that you're a really strong writer, but of course you're in graduate school where you (laughs) have to write a bunch of crap to go there too. (laughs) As I know, um, I am, so excited to have talked to you about this. This is Me fantastic. Too. I'm going to stop the recording now. Thank you, Isabel. And thank, thank you. you so much for um, sharing your insight uh, as somebody who's, you know, fairly recently completed their undergraduate studies. Mm-hmm. So have fun in California. I'm jealous. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? So full of actionable strategies, items that we can use today to secure a debt-free degree. I'm Treasure Shields Redmond, and I hope that you've enjoyed this wonderful podcast that we've offered today. If you'd like to find out more ways, more strategies, more opportunities to secure your college-bound teen a debt-free degree, contact me at gettheacceptanceletter.online. Go there today, and you'll get a free list of seven places where you can earn millions of dollars in scholarships. Until then, happy admissions.